Hello and welcome to In The Pocket Across The Pond, UK NFL Fantasy Football Podcast with me Alex Brindle, me Lewis Brindle and me Alex Sharples. So lads, just finished up the regular season, we know the Colts now are the worst team in the league, it's official, <laughs> they lost against the Texans, um, stars off Lou, what do you want to talk about from week 18? Uh, oof, well, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about the games that mattered, you know. So, um, the Lions for a kickoff, like, honestly. Obviously, the sting was taken out of the Lions game because the Seahawks had already won against the Rams, you know, a few hours earlier. So, the Lions knew that they couldn't get into the playoffs, which makes the win even sweeter as a neutral. Um, because they beat the Packers and and stopped the Packers getting in the playoffs. Mm. Um, but not only that, to be fair, they they subsequently finish higher than the Packers in division. Uh, that's something that they've not done in in six years, and something that they've only done th- now three times in since since the teams realigned in the mm. NFC North in two thousand and two. So pretty historic season for the Lions. Uh, yeah, no. Great, and I, I don't even really know what to make of it because it was a really mm. strong end to the season from Lions. But does yeah, do I any of us went... do any of us here see that continuing into next year? Yeah, well, they went they went seven two down the stretch, I yeah. believe, something Madness. like that, and, and beat some good teams. Beat some good teams, and and if we, I want to gauge some confidence levels on Jared Goff, and really by that I mean I want to try and gauge how good you two think he is. So let's say in the the one really good season. Um, with the Rams when the Rams got to the Super Bowl and Goff played some really good football. Let's say his overall on Madden was a let's call it an eighty an eighty three eighty three that season eighty three eighty four. You know he, he's a solid, really solid starter. And let's say his overall on Madden in his last season with the Rams was about a sixty eight. What would you say his overall? Would be on Madden or FIFA or whatever now, Sharples. Uh, I've got him as a seventy-four. Okay, I think lower, lower than I think a lot of people would argue. Really? Okay. I mean, I think his, his mm. stock's definitely risen since that last season with the Rams, which I think is quite evident. Um, he, he has a certain amount of talent. I don't think he's a scrub, um, like a complete scrub. But yeah, I'd. I, I don't see him in that. I mean, I think when you when you talk about starting quarterback, what you ideally want is like a eighty or above, and I certainly don't see him as that. I think he's a, you know, yeah, I think seventy four. Bang on. I'm interested to hear, to hear you boys, but yeah. Well, you know, I famously have never called Jared Goff a bum on this podcast, ever. <laughs> so um, I think I think if we're going at the level of play he was playing at down the stretch, I'd go eighty two. He was playing at an eighty-two for me. I'm gonna go like I'm gonna go about a seventy-seven. But does any of that equal Lions don't use a pick to get a quarterback this season? Are they going all in on golf? Surely sounds like they are. And if I'm being totally honest, the guys kind of earned it. So if he doesn't, if he doesn't, you know, properly get the reins next season with the Lions, he he, he never really would have. I mean, I, I know they could... So, it's a weird one with the Lions. I know they could have got in the playoffs. and I, 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 I know they didn't get in the playoffs, I should say. Um, but it feels like a really good end to the season and it feels like a win this season for them. I know uh, over at PFT, Mike Florio has the Lions like seventh in his power rankings in Week 18. And his point is, regardless of playoffs... At the end of week eighteen, yeah, the yeah. Lions were the, in, in the top seven teams, best teams in football, and you can't really argue against it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I mean, it's an interesting one because it's such a, a deep quarterback draft class. But how can you how can you not give this guy another year when he's when he's been playing like that? I think I think the ideal year. ideal scenario for the Lions is they draft someone, and then they can sit behind Jared Goff for a year. Obviously, that's easier said than done because then does Goff start? Does Jared Goff start getting a bit antsy? You know, is the quarterback any good? 
Um, if they lose a few games, you know, do, do, is, are the fans clamouring? But I think that for me, in my experience, like the, the, a lot of good quality, like for example, the Patrick Mahomes thing, he was able to sit for a year behind Alex Smith. Not sure if it was a year, but he sat for a bit. They get the experience, they get the exposure to it all without actually being under the limelight. For me, that would be the absolute ideal circumstance. And they draft someone who's good. He can sit. I mean, if they see something with Jared Goff, then you know, then then you go from there. But for me, I just think he's a good quarterback, but too many games where it's 200 yards, no touchdowns, and mm-hmm. it's just yeah. The, the, from what people are saying about this class, it's good. There might be someone young and exciting there, and I just feel like you can do. Jared Goff is a steady hand, but I feel like if you want to mm-hmm. reach that upper echelon, you mm-hmm. can do do a bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Lou, you want to talk about the Jaguars? Yeah, just because I think. They can be a really good team if they keep going the way they're going. You know, uh, winning the AFC South, you know, over the Titans, that that was a good game as well. You know, winning you're in. Uh, winner takes the, the AFC South crown, snatching it from King Henry. Um, but yeah, I think Doug Peterson's just done a, a really good, mature job with this team. Actually has shown people, oh, Trevor Lawrence actually can be a good quarterback in the league, you know. As we've said previously, last year was a joke for the Jaguars in many, many, many ways. Um, but Peterson's come and he's sort of steadied the ship. Um, Lawrence looks really good going forward. I just think this Jags team, if they, if they keep on this way, they can be really good for a long time. Yeah, and, and there's an all-time her versus her match at the weekend. Oh, Isn't the yes. Sharples, this Jaguars playoff game, it's an all-timer her versus her. Who have you got? I mean, I've I found this one of the harder games to predict. To be honest with you, I think on paper Jags are the better team, but obviously Jags coming off that big win. You're right; it's two glorious mains. Uh, I think in terms of battle of the hair, I'm going with um, I'm going with Trevor Lawrence. I just feel like it's a little bit silkier, a little bit sleeker. Uh, I like Justin Herbert's, but it's got a little bit of shag to it. If that's the kind of thing you're into, fair enough. But I like my mains <laughs> smooth. Um, and yeah, I've, I've I've gone for the Jags in the end, but I do think that was, that was a tough one, and won't be surprised if if the Jags do pip them. Yeah, I I'd agree. I think um, if the Chargers lose if the Chargers lose the game, potentially based off a coaching error, and you add that with the coaching error already of Mike Williams getting injured because for whatever reason he was out there in a meaningless game this past week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he is out. It's been announced he is out for the game, Mike Williams. So you've not got Mike Williams, uh, and if Brandon Staley really messes something up here, I think he could potentially be on the hot seat. What with Sean Payton oh, um, yeah. eyeing the job up, but I think I'm going um, Justin Herbert's her over I, Trevor Lawrence's. I think he just wears it better. I you know, was, I think he wears I was better. Say I, think, the same I think Lou thing. thinks the same because yeah. Lou, obviously we, we aren't we're, 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 we're a traditional podcast. We're not a video podcast. People don't know that Lewis is her is. He's got long hair, and it's more akin to that of Justin yes, Herbert than it is. It is. Yeah. Um, I thought he'd be in the Herbert camp. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just think I, I, he does wear it better. I think you know Lawrence, luscious locks, but I could I could see him coming out next year with like a, a Johnny Unitas buzz cut. Like, well, just like, like a square, a square end. Herbert's done that, did that. <laughs> and it did not look good. So, Didn't, but I think Lawrence, not. I think Lawrence could rock it. Really, um, mm. you know, I he's got the Lawrence, and I think Lawrence's face is too structured and pointed for the long term. Is, is Johnny Unitas the player that um, that you can is your haircut you can set your watch to? Is that is that the yes. Simpsons line? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, <laughs> yeah. not a chance. Um, <laughs> but more games, uh, more statement games. I should say more games that mean something. How good. How unreal was that feeling uh, on the first play of the Bills game, though? Naheem Hines, they've, they've fi- I mean, I, I was about to say they're finally using Naheem Hines, but they're actually still not. It was it was two uh, kickoff or punt returns, two returns that Naheem Hines got. It's a bit like we, we were saying since he's got the, where's Naheem Hines, where's Naheem Hines? And then he makes two electric plays like that. Um, but of course, more than that, what? What a feeling that must have been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, it's, when I was watching that game, I think I said to you, while I was, I, I thought like, you know, the Bills were just sort of like playing with the food 
against the Patriots. You know, the Patriots would put together a really hard fought, you know, uh, six minute drive to score some points. And then the Bills would either chuck it 40 yards for a touchdown in two minutes or run it in from, from a, from a kickoff or a punt or whatever. Like it was, there was, for the Patriots, it was like one step forward and two steps back the whole game because this Bills offense was just on a on another level because of obviously probably what happened the week before. Mm-hmm. Just the beautiful scenes, really, for the for the Bills fans, Bills yeah. mafia. Yeah, I think it was the kind of win the Bills needed as well going into the playoffs to sort of you know resume some normalcy. I know I think the past what the past like last six weeks I know people were sort of getting off the bandwagon for me they're still a, a great team and I think that this kind of win sort of stables the the bookies predictions and it sort of like stops any daft bets that uh, they might go in the first round or whatever because yeah when they go they're just absolutely monstrous on both ends mm, yeah yeah the, looking at some scores from this past week you got to kind of take them with a bit of a pinch of salt because you're not sure how many starters were playing from each team what I will say is the, the, the Bills uh, sorry the Dolphins um, mm. and the Jets have really come full circle as, as football teams you see the Dolphins and the Jets game at the start of the season you're probably not super excited you see the Dolphins and the Jets game week 7 it's probably the best game of the week it comes around week 18 it's 11-6 to six to the Dolphins and the worst game of the oh. weekend is that Scorigami? no I mean, it's you know potentially out of the games at the weekend, but probably not. Yeah. But um, yeah, what what what's the outlook for these teams? I mean, um, you're still surely happy and excited for Hill and Waddle next year, um, and and of course for Brees Hall. But just both offenses not moving the ball like they were earlier in the year. I think it's on both sides. It's well, I say quarterbacks, it's lack of quarterbacks really, obviously, too, with the with the concussions. And to be honest, I, I don't know if you boys, but I've heard some scary rumblings about, like, will he, you know, will he even come back? Because I know when you start getting those multiple concussions, like, you know, people have retired for less than that. Um, mm. And yeah, then obviously on the Jets that. front, I mean, it's, it's been a complete yeah. carousel all season between... Uh, Wilson and White when he's when he's been healthy and then obviously I think Joe Flacco played in in the final game of the season mm-hmm. so I think if if Tua comes back if Mike White comes back I think next season then yeah the outlook's fine um, but yeah I think it's just it's just been that inconsistency at quarterbacks in, uh, for both teams for mm-hmm. me yeah yeah the two ones weird because it's like it's a really serious thing where people that are close to this young man. Like his parents probably never wanted to play again because mm. uh, it must be incredibly scary for them. You've got to also look at it from like, f- from like, essentially a cold-hearted business standpoint. And the Dolphins don't want that attention next season like they have this season. They've been under the microscope two or three times this year because Tua should not have been on the field. Mm. He should not have been on the field. And then, uh, and and something like, was it a Thursday night game when that awful concussion that he had? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the player <clears throat> and the competitor that Tour is, he's of course w- going to want to play football again. But there's this weird mix of reasons why he shouldn't play that are both very true and very personal, and you know, real life human. This is not good for you, mate. And obviously, as I just said, the kind of the dolphins who are clearly looking at it like a business who are kind of being like this isn't a good look for us this isn't a good look for the league kind of being uh, held to that scrutiny uh has as by the way after obviously after that as unfair that is for the player and essentially you're just thinking about the player's health and you're thinking mate it's not worth it yeah yeah mm. yeah no I call everything you just said Mm. To be fair, mm. yeah, I mean, but you look at some of these results as well, and what stands out to me is the good, the veteran coaches that sometimes coaches have been at the teams for a reason. Pete Carroll and the oh, Seahawks, yeah. oh yeah, beating the Rams, they're in the playoffs. A team that isn't in the playoffs but has arguably got um, 
the best coach in the league, Mike Tomlin, Steelers, absolutely mm-hmm. battering the Browns. Lou, what, what do you think about the Steelers <clears throat> this season? Really impressive. Like, one of the more impressive teams for me. Miss out on the playoffs, as you say, like the Lions, just on the final day. Looked for a, a couple of minutes like the Steelers were going to get in. Um, but listen, Mike Tomlin, unreal coach. This year of all, right? No real superstars on the team, I would say. Rookie quarterback or Mick Trubisky. Um, his best defensive player had been, you know, injured for a portion of the season. They started two and six, and to finish nine and eight, you know, sixteen years and still never a losing record as a head coach, Mike Tomlin. Yeah, no I mean, words. He's a fantastic yeah, I coach. Think, I think when you say it's the Steelers who are impressive, I, I don't think it's the Steelers. I think it is just Tomlin. I mean, the team itself. When you yeah. look down the the name sheet, like I'm just looking at some of the offensive players. I mean, the wide receiver car is so bland. Like, yeah. pick it. I, I know pick it at a decent end, but end of the season, yeah. but going to need a lot more from him if, if they're ever going to do anything. But yeah, hats off to Mike Tomlin. I agree. I agree. I think. Um... George Pickens looks nice, looks interesting. But yeah, I'm not fully sold on Pickett. They won these games because of Mike Tomlin. I know you said Sherpels, um I think I'm pretty sure we were talking earlier in the week or another week about how um TJ Watt was probably the reason why this team went seven and two down the stretch. Yeah. You know, a player like that does does wonders. Mm-hmm. You know, so but yeah, the you Steel, take him off the, the Steelers and Mike Tomlin. Yeah, <laughs> Steelers and Mike Tomlin um, were really impressive for me, and I was really rooting for him to get in over what was it, the Patriots and the Dolphins. But mm, you know, yeah, so no, that, that that the kind of it probably felt like the feel good, <clears throat> the feel good uh, one. Obviously, the Patriots. <clears throat> Have never really felt good enough all season to get in. No. And the Dolphins haven't been good enough for the past month or so to get in. I agree. Playoffs. But anyway, let's move on to our <laughs> categories. Um, we're going to do, if, I, if I'm right, Lou, an impressive team for the season, yeah. a worst team in the league for the season, yeah. and a not buying it team that's in the playoffs. Yeah, that that, feel, that feels right. Just, you know, as we usually do, impressive victory, but we'll do impressive team. We'll do worst team in the league across the whole season. And then instead of doing a not buying it win, we'll do a not buying it playoff team, because those teams have won. They've obviously won a lot to get in the playoffs, but I don't think we're all too hot on some of the teams in the playoffs. Mm. Yeah. Okay, let's start with you then anyway, Lou, shall we? Let's go for for your impressive team. I'm going to save the worst one. We like saving the worst team in the league. The <laughs> yeah. Impressive team this season. Impressive team this season for me um, is the 49ers. Losing two starting quarterbacks and still finishing 13-4 and four is mental. Uh, and that's what I have to say about the 49ers. Sharples? Uh, I've gone for the Chiefs. Um, I think, obviously, losing Tyreek Hill at the start of the season, uh, I mean, it, it could have been... Obviously, it's love Travis Kelsey, but that, that one-two punch was just unbelievable. Um, and given the fact that they haven't really replaced him with anyone, I know there's a couple of players they've brought in, but no one's Tyreek Hill. Um, and to, to be maintained the level that they've been the past few seasons, finishing 13-3, and three, was it, in the end? 14-3? and three? Um, it's three, just I think, yeah. unreal. Hats off to Mahomes. Hats, hats off to Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Chiefs for me. Yeah, Mahomes probably going to uh, going to win that MVP. Forty uh, Nineers as well. My impressive team for the exact same reasons that you said, Lou, because they have lost two starting quarterbacks and they just look completely unstoppable. But they will be stopped in the Super Bowl, and I will come on to that later. <laughs> um, not by any team in the playoffs, Sharples. Um, so this is going to be a little bit contradictory to what we've said. Um, I do I do rate them. I do think they're a good team. I just think they were very fortunate to be in the division they were in this year, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, the, to have both the Texans and the Colts and a not great Titans team, if we're being honest, uh, I do think that's like a good portion of wins there. And while I do think they will be good next season, uh, we've already said I don't think any of us see them beating the Chargers. And I think if they were in a, a slightly tougher division, then they probably wouldn't be there. So, uh, with a heavy heart, I say, Trevor Lawrence mm. and your magnificent hair, you shouldn't be there. 
Lou? Uh, the Giants, for me. You know, too many one-score victories. I think I, I said in week 11 that I could only see them winning another two games, and that's exactly what they did in the final seven games. They went two and five down the stretch. I just don't see them putting up that much of a fight mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Well, I love that pick from you, Lou, because my not buying one is the Vikings. Oh, the team they're against. I have the Giants beating the Vikings in the first round. I think they're going to go crashing out of the playoffs. It's going to be a bit of a reality check. I don't think, you know, no no um, major changes needed. You know, Kevin O'Connell certainly got them going, doing something there. Um, I just think I've kind of come round a bit on the Giants and they look really strong and they have got a very good roster, whereas I think the Vikings can be got at. Um, if you just put them under a little bit of pressure. So uh, I, I'm not buying that the Vikings are going anywhere, really. They, they just really seem like a, a, a kind of really thin team. And, you know, you take Justin Jefferson out of the game and they've kind of got nothing. Um, whereas the Giants, admittedly, I, I'm, I'm totally not a fan of Daniel Jones. But they're really well coached. They've got a really good defence. Um, and I think they're going to be able to get at the Vikings. I think they win. So let's say the Vikings. But who is the worst team in the whole league, Lou? Oh, could be a couple here. Uh, but I'm going to go for the Colts. Um, you know, the, the Colts actually fired their head coach with a significant portion of the season remaining earlier this year. Um, you know, they had a chance to sort of turn things around. Uh, and what what resulted was one of the most baffling head coaching hirings in the history of the league that absolutely sunk an already drowning team. Um, awful season. Like, so many things need to change for this Colts team. I'm talking personnel on the field, personnel off the field. I'm talking strategy, you know, strategy of hiring. You know, a lot of things need to change for this Colts team. Shackles? Yeah, this was a tough one. Um, I mean, obviously, like the Texans were the worst, but to me, I narrowed it down to the three teams that I thought were going to have really good seasons, really good seasons this year, and they just completely let me down. And so that, so that was out of the Raiders, the Colts, and the Broncos. Obviously, we've talked about them a lot. Um, and so I'm trying to think back to who I had the highest expectations over at the start of the season. And I think it's probably the Broncos. And not only were they terrible, they are committed to to that terribleness for four more years to the sum of $200 million. So, yeah, for me, it's the Broncos now and for the next four years. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I I do like how we're not mentioning the Bears, and and that is a sarcastic comment. I genuinely think there's been progression with the Bears, and I think there's there's no need to change anything at coaching or a quarterback with the Bears. I think think the arrow's pointing up. Um, But, yeah, similar... For me, in terms of the, the the easily the worst teams of the league, I'm going to go the Colts as well, and I, that's just because of everything Lou said. And I also want to bring it back to fantasy a little bit and say the tiebreaker between the Colts and the Broncos for me was the fact that the Colts on their roster they have whom I deem to be the biggest bust of the fantasy season, and that's Jonathan Taylor. So that's what pushed it over the edge for me in terms of the Colts. But Lou. Uh, have you got any news for us? Yeah, just a little bit of news. Obviously, we're not doing any injuries or anything this week. Uh, just a little bit of news. Um, starting off with Demar Hamlin. Um, out of hospital, on the mend. Fantastic news. Um, really, just just great news for that, that horrible situation. Derek Carr. Derek Carr out of Las Vegas. Is he out of there? Let me throw you to a theory that I have. There is a caveat to it, which, you know... Um, I think kind of undermines my theory. I'm going to say it nevertheless. Um, so, Carr, there's this, there's, there's, there's an option for him to be traded, uh, and and for him over the next month or so. I, I don't know when the deadline is for him to be traded by, but there's an option for him to work with the Raiders to find a trade. Good luck getting someone to take that contract, or it could come to a deadline where they go, you know, where, where Carr goes, I should say. Cut me or pay me forty million. You know, pay me the money that I'm owed. So I think I think that he's going to end up getting cut. But what if they traded him to the Patriots for Mac Jones and probably some draft, you know, compensation? 
on either side. And I will the, the caveat was that okay, maybe um maybe if if McDaniels uh doesn't like Carr, then Belichick won and, and that's kind of tainted there. However, McDaniels clearly still likes Mac Jones and Belichick won. I'm thinking they could trade for Carr, they could try and make a run for the next couple of years, and while also developing Bailey Zappi behind Carr. What do you reckon? Um, I I think if they don't have any other offers, they might do that, because obviously it gets off the, the Carr salary, but for me... I, I don't I don't know I, I don't see them going after a Mac Jones I think they'd rather go for I, I don't know I, someone like an older quarterback who's still got maybe uh, uh, like just, just a name off the top of my head someone like Aaron Rodgers obviously not Aaron Rodgers like you might get one or two years out of him but just just go for it now pay whatever it takes to get him there and if it works great you've got a ring if not well then we'll just be crap again for the next five years but I think while they've got Devontae Adams while they've got Darren Waller, these offensive pieces, they've got some good pieces on defense as well. I think they have to go for it. And I don't think someone like Mac Jones, who still needs to develop and needs a few years, I think I think they probably see their window as now if they find the right quarterback. So for me, Mac Jones is a bit more of a project than I think they'd be looking to take on. But it would be nice to get off that Derek Carr salary. So yeah. Yeah, not sure on that one. Yeah, I, I, I get that the quarterback position is hugely important, but watching the Raiders this season, nothing about how they've played and how they've scored points has told me, oh, this team is a quarterback away from being a real contender. I think they're way, way further than that. I don't know mm-hmm. about you, Lou. Yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, I mean, in terms of Derek Carr going to the Patriots, I think, listen, after after this past off-season, I'm done assuming that a veteran quarterback is going to be good wherever they go. <laughs> because we've seen that not happen a lot this year. So I don't. I, I can't say anything about that, I'm not sure. The Raiders, yeah. Listen, for me, the Raiders' main problem is, is that atrocious defence. Like, you're not going to get an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady is a name I've been... You're not going to get those guys with that defense that you've got. Tom, I was speaking to you the other day about this. Al, people are talking about Tom Brady, you know, linking up with McDaniel's in Las Vegas. If you look at Tom Brady teams, Tom Brady Super Bowl winning teams, those teams have a top five defense. The Raiders are nowhere near a top five defense. So I don't know. It's I can't see any scenario where the Raiders just get a quarterback and the the good because there's too much to solve. For that team, I think. Yeah, I, I like I just said, I, I totally agree. Um, weird one though, because Derek Carr is going to be the starter somewhere next year, definitely, and it isn't going to be Las Vegas. The Jets. How much does he improve that team at this point? Derek Carr. He, Derek Carr is one of those. It's like a Carson Wentz. It's like these guys, pretty much in consecutive years, were in the MVP conversation, like 2017-18 time, and it's been long enough now where we can maybe just say they're just rubbish. They're just not good. I don't think Derek Carr's rubbish. I think I think his best years are probably behind him and those best years still didn't eclipse, you know, the top players in the league at the time. <clears throat> but I still think he has something to offer. Mm-hmm. I said this about Matt Ryan last year, so <laughs> we'll be careful. And you retired. I, think, I did. I think there's also an argument to say <clears> that <throat> just he's consistently never won. And I think it's getting to the point where they're running out of excuses for why he hasn't. One, yeah, yeah. Like, there's Evans always said, "Oh, yeah, it's a volatile situation. He's not, you know, bloody, bloody, blah, blah. Not the right pieces." Like, they've signed Devontae Adams. Not only is Devontae Adams, in my opinion, well, obviously maybe Cooper Cup aside, the best wide receiver in the league. They played together in college, had a great, you know, great chemistry, and it just didn't work this season. And I think it just gets to the point where it's like, if you can't do it with Devontae Adams, maybe he's just not the guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, yeah. else, what else have we got, Lou? Uh, a couple of firings. Lovey Smith fired by the Texans. Harsh because Feels I thought harsh. I thought Lovey, I thought that team uh, played people pretty hard. Mm. Really, they put they, they If you look at the Texans, if you just look at how they play, they were nowhere near as painful to watch as no. 
as you know the 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 Colts or the Broncos or this next <clears> team, the Cardinals, because the Cardinals also fired Cliff Kingsbury a year or something after they handed him what like a a deal through twenty twenty seven. I did say he was going. It was. It was. Yeah. It was sort of, it's not what the team needed. He's going to get a load of money for being fired. But I think he was my pick at the start of the year to get to get fired. Obviously, it's come a bit later. But yeah, the Lovey Smith one seems harsh. It's like the guy got put into uh, an impossible scenario to win. Mm. He clearly didn't win very many games. However, like you said, Lou, if you look at it, if you look at the games, they played some good football. Kind of thing, mm, and you've a real positive with Damien Pierce there. There's clearly needing the, the the franchise needs transition, and I think keeping Smith for at least another year would not have hurt mm, this yeah. team in transition. To be honest, it's just yet another transitionary piece going into next year. Uh, and how many times can you be one and done with a quad, with a, a head coach? Sorry, yeah, I I I, I think. It's harsh on Smith, to be honest. Yeah, and it's like, what did, what did they expect at the start of the season? Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah it's it's been a bad year, but c- could they have been been expecting more than four wins at the very best? Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think I think he's a decent coach. I, I think yeah, he deserved much more of, of a run at it because how how can you judge it on that? I mean, they they've been the bottom of the barrel for a few years now, and gives one a bit of consistency. Like, I mean, you know. The the Lions under Dan Campbell like didn't always look great at the start, but he's building something there. He's not got the best players, but he's you know give him a chance to do that. So I, I agree. I, I yeah. thought that was a bit harsh, and I've got a feeling they'll be in the exact same position again come the end of next season. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it should, you mentioned Dan Campbell. I just wanted to mention that I saw like an interview with the um, the Detroit Lions um, general manager the other day. I can't remember what the guy's called, but compared to when he first joined the Lions, the dude looks pretty jacked. It's yeah. like it's like everyone in the whole building is doing curls with uh with Dan Campbell. <laughs> yeah. He's got it across the whole building. Listen, if you want to get pumped up, watch like the first five minutes of of the Lions uh of the Lions hard knocks from the start of this season because he gets people absolutely amped. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad I'm I'm really glad the Lions had a had a nice season, a season to be proud of because um you you just you see that team, you see the coaching staff, and you just want them to succeed because they just seem like good guys who. I don't mean this in a harsh way, but they seem like they seem like the they're there for the players rather than they're there for the playbook. You know mm. what I mean? They're not Belichick, yeah. Yeah. but they know they just know how to how to work with these players. <clears throat> yeah, Dan Campbell's a dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, final accountability. Section of the season, you two, you two fellas really stunk it up last week when I left the room, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> wasn't good. Left. Well, wasn't good. Oh yeah. Do you want to fill us in what, on what happened? Oh me? Yeah. Either well, of you. I, mean, I don't care. Some <laughs> some would say this is the hardest pick of the season because obviously you don't know who's going to play, you don't know who teams are trying for it. I so agree. some would say that all um, busts are actually. Averages and all averages are actually hits. So, in with that in mind, I actually got three hits this week. Uh, <laughs> no, um, so yeah, so I went for uh, Geno Smith at quarterback, projected sixteen point three, came up with thirteen point six. So, not a miss, but uh, not great. Uh, obviously, they got the job done in the end, which is probably all they care about. It's not what I care about. Um, but, but yeah. Um, <laughs> And then running back Aaron Jones was my bust of the week. Uh, 15.5 came out with 7.8. I thought he'd score two touchdowns. I actually meant to say Jamal Williams uh, was going to score two yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was that was the bust. And then two more, um, two which were very close to being bust, but were just um, average weeks in the end. Chris Godwin projected 14.7 came out with 9.5. Once again, Tom Brady lies to me. Uh, said they were going to go out and try hard. They didn't. Um, and Darren Waller, uh, projected 9.5, came out with 5.5. Um, just basically done what he's done all season, apart from the past few weeks, which is why I picked him. Um, so, yeah, not n- not a good way to end. But as we've said, it was the hardest hardest one to project. So, well, that's what I've said, and I'm sticking to it. So I'm not going to feel okay. too bad about it. Hello? Uh, I went with stinky, stinky Aaron Rodgers, two hundred and five <laughs> yards, one, one touchdown, and one interception. 
11.2 fancy points. Was that a miss? Yeah, of course it was, mate. Rubbish. 11 Rubbish. fancy points from Aaron Rodgers against the Lions last game of the season. 11 fancy points from Aaron Rodgers is playoff, pretty standard this year. Playoff... Uh, Playoff game, playoffs on the this, line. Yeah, this next one's a bit harsh, and it and it sort of speaks to what you have said in the past about the problem at times with PPR, PPR leagues. Because Ken Walker ran for 114 yards. How that wasn't a hit? He caught one pass for 10 yards as well. 13.4. That was just stand. You, he ran for 114 yards. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, you know. Maybe, maybe, maybe we should make you know half PPR leagues of the norm because you saw Damien Pierce get you know a bit, if, uh, a bit kind of um, screwed over by the the PPR machine earlier in the season. He'd run for 100 yards like consistently, and and he'd end up like 11 fancy points. It just didn't seem fair. Yeah. I did have one hit, though. Wide receiver Christian Kirk, six receptions, 99 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Lovely, lovely game. And then my tight end pick. Rounding it out. Rounding it out. Rounding it out. It's something quite poetic (laughs) about this this pick because I was gushing about Friar Muth, who was my pick, about how he'd been consistent all year. He'd been a really great player. You know, I was saying on the podcast last week, I'm like, he's going to be one of my first pickups at tight end, you know, in those sort of like later middle rounds. Um, And he poetically gave me a goose this week. (laughs) Two targets, zero receptions, a big old goose. Um, Mm -hmm. I I would like to say that I meant that. Okay, yeah. It it, it would fit, uh, you know, with your... Prediction season, Lou. Before we look at the roundup of the of of the spreadsheet, spreadsheet roundup, we'll call it. It's a nice little roundup. catchy name. Um, <laughs> just want to hit you guys with a surprise one for you. Uh, we'll run back the tape from the first episode of the season, but I'm pretty sure you both said that you would give me a hundred pounds each if Kirk Cousins. Don't think so. If oh, Kirk oh, Cousins, I don't recall any money. Hundred pounds each. I don't think there was. <laughs> okay, that was a nice try for me. However, you scoffed at me when I said to you that Kirk Cousins would finish higher at the quarterback fancy quarterback position than Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and Matthew Stafford. I can tell you that Matthew Stafford finished the quarterback thirty-two. I can tell you that Russell Wilson finished the quarterback sixteen. Rodgers thirteen. Brady 12 and Kirk Cousins 8 Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback in the world Listen, trumpet sound trumpet sound in the edit please I'm not, I'm for not, a win not putting that in um, can, I, can I ask Al when, when you forecasted that where did you see Kirk <laughs> where did you see Kirk Cousins finishing and where did you see everyone else finishing like did you see them in a I'm... straight line just Kirk Cousins at the top or what I so <clears throat> I'll be honest. I think that there is a bit of a there's a obviously there's there's a gap um, in the quarter in the fancy quarterback play. There's almost a fifty point gap after Joe Burrow. So I will say you have those first four guys and then everyone else pretty much. So I, I don't know if I said it. I might have even said it on the podcast where I think I said that Cousins was going to be a bit, about six seven eight. And I just thought he was going to have a really good season uh, and he was going to be about 6th, 7th or 8th and those other guys would be kind of just behind him in the kind of early 10s, teens kind of thing. Um, I'll be honest, 8th seems very flattering for Cousins this season. He, I don't think he was particularly amazing. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm honest enough to admit that although I have won this this kind of prediction, this bet... Cousins has not been a good fancy quarterback. Eighth, like I just said, he's very flattering. Very disappointed by him this season. Um, but yeah, I think, I think like I just said, it, it comes down to the fact that you have those top four guys, then a gap to everyone else, and that's why uh, Cousins is eighth. Is eighth. Um, but nevertheless, I did call it. It happened quite comfortably as well. Well done. You know, he's, yeah, I he's a yeah, whole, can't say anything. He did. He's a whole twenty points above Brady, um, and I can't, I'm trying to think of anything to say. I just can't. Because <laughs> he just beat him. Know, yeah. <laughs> nothing you can say. <laughs> nothing you can say. Regardless, you know, because cousins. Yeah, he didn't have an amazing season like I said he was going to. However, he beat him. Yeah. Bet came through. You two looked at me like I was insane. Well, and um, yeah, but anyway, got that out of the way. I've been looking forward to that since I made the prediction. 
So I knew it was going to come true. Um, so, lads, we made 64 player picks this season each. 64 each. We both conveniently we did. missed two weeks of player uh, prediction. Player picks, I should say. We made, we made, yeah, 64 player picks this season. <clears throat> We're going to go through our hits, our number of hits and misses at each position. Then we'll go through our number of points at each position. Basically, we'll decide who the best fancy analyst is. Spoiler I've got a feeling a re- you've already totted this up and determined that you are the winner, which is why you're so chipper about all this. But let's carry yeah, on. Anyway. I I would agree. So there's, there's, there's a reason why I'm coming into this section. There's a reason why I'm coming into it so enthusiastically. We've we've just stats on stats, really. No, but I mean, we started doing this in about week four, week three, week four, and it's not like I knew this was going to be the end result. You know, we were going to do this regardless. Right. It's not my fault. That Lou has five gooses and two hits at the quarterback position. Five gooses at the tight end position, <coughs> yeah. I will okay. say. Would so be impressive the, to goose at the quarterback. At the quarterback position. You've got Lou with two hits and six misses. I've got eight hits and three misses. Sharples with five hits and three misses. I'll take the ring on that one. Okay. <laughs> um... Running back position. I said this was really close. Uh, I said to you before the before the show, it's really close. This, but um, Sharple's seven hits, three misses. I got eight hits, three misses. Lose six hits, two misses. What's that uh, on? Running, uh, running back. Running back. Yes. Reliable. Um, so, so yeah, we we all we all did fairly good. I think uh, uh, you know if, if you're looking at kind of sixteen weeks for each of us, if you're getting anywhere like near six, seven, eight, I think that's all right. Yeah. Uh, wide receiver six hits for Lou and one miss. I got eight hits and two misses. Sharples with the seven hits, three misses. So again, solid numbers. Mm. Uh, tight end, shocker. I got six hits, fi- <laughs> six hits and five was me. Uh, so that's where the majority of my misses came from. Sharples, you, you, you kind of um, in this very damaging uh, position. You did all right. You were three and three. So to, okay. I would say the most, perhaps the most impressive thing there is limiting those misses at the tight end position to three all season, mm-hmm. which is pretty darn impressive. But Lou, yeah, in all fairness, Lou, you got six hits. Listen, I did you, you really? got one miss and five. He got what? But then he got one miss and five gooses. No, no, no. Wow. But but this 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 that perfectly perfectly <laughs> exemplifies my opinion on the tight end position. Yeah. Hit or miss, you cannot predict it. Thank you very much for bringing that stat up because you've just proved my point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so all in all, hits. that. So all in yeah. all, <coughs> you're not going to believe this one, guys. Go on. All in all, that makes it Lou with 21 hits on the season. 11 misses and 5 gooses. It gives Sharples 21 hits on the season, 11 misses. And it gives me 30 hits on the season, 13 misses. Technically, Lou has the most misses because he technically had uh, 16 misses, one per week. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, but no. because they were in the form of gooses. And just briefly, really quickly, in terms of totting up the fantasy points... Um, we were really, really close at running back. We were all within um, three points of each other, but Sharples, with 245.9 fantasy points, had the most point fantasy points from the running back position this season. Um, big disparity in the quarterbacks. Lou, 230. Sharples, 295. I got 324 at the quarterback position. Um, and then Sharples wins the... Um, Tight ends, one three nine fantasy points. I had one three seven. Lou with one two five. Lou staying in there, even though he did have uh, all those gooses. I'd say it's very impressive considering five of mine literally it, didn't literally, count because I had zero if you, points. If you weren't that terrible, is impressive. You'd be great. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if you weren't yeah. terrible, you'd be if great. If you just met us in the middle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sharples, you you were the best at picking tight ends, and I think that is definitely down to the lack of misses as well. Just picking those because I think we've said before, like a, a nothing in this spreadsheet is at the time position is kind of almost as good as a hit. Yeah. Uh, and wide receiver Lou lagging a bit behind with two two three, uh, Sharples two seven two. I got two eight one. So just leading the way. 
total fantasy points on the season. This is it. Lads, this is it. Lou, 824 total points on the season. Okay. Sharples. I have no burn if that's good or bad. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure out in next year. Sharples, 952. I got 986. Um, oh, convenient. I think anyone who got in the 900s is a pretty di- pretty darn good fantasy analyst, to nice, be honest with you. you. I'd thank agree you with that. Much. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm looking forward to... To, to doing that again next season, seeing what we get, seeing how many gooses we can see. I, I didn't actually know that Frymouth was a goose until about an hour ago when I was plotting these in here. Oh, I knew. <laughs> I knew since the final whistle on the Steelers game on Sunday, I just kept it zipped. Yeah. So, Lou, you got, you got, yeah, like 125 points, and we can literally take five of those games away. Yeah. And you had Logan Thomas who was out as well. So you're basically averaging twelve <laughs> points. You're averaging like almost twelve a game. Um Yeah. That's you, incredible. When Work. when players actually From you know, a tight end position by yeah. me, I think. Yeah. But anyway, that's spreadsheets 2022-2023 season done. Gonna save that, gonna print it off, gonna frame it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but let's look towards the playoffs now, chaps. Specifically, the wildcard games. We'll talk about the wildcard games, then we'll share our um, our fantasy playoff brackets that we've filled out. We'll share them, but we'll just briefly talk about those games, those six games that are happening over the weekend. We've got 49ers, Seahawks, Jaguars, Chargers, Bills, Dolphins, Vikings, Giants, Bengals, Ravens, and Bucks, Cowboys. Um, what's at the top of the building there, do you think, Lou? Or, Sharples, have you got an impromptu uh, tier list for us of these games? Uh, it'll be very impromptu. Um, I think the most exciting, just by looking at it, will be the Buccaneers versus the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, and just to give the least interesting one, I think that... Ooh, I think maybe the... Bengals Ravens because I I yeah. just I've been so down on the Ravens the back end of the season yeah. I just feel like the Bengals might just go there and torch them and that'll be it. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Yeah, the, the, as a Cowboys fan, I'm scared by the Buccaneers. You, you know, everyone in the league, you had one job, and it was to not let number twelve into the playoffs. You've done it now. Yeah. Brady's in the playoffs. You've, we've done it now. Every, not just the Cowboys, but all the teams left in the playoffs should look around and say, well, we've done it now, haven't we? He's in. So don't be surprised if he goes to the Super Bowl, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Tom Brady's got a home playoff game. I, I don't I don't think they're going to beat the Cowboys, but if they do, there's a pretty decent path to to at least the NFC Championship, championship game for the, for the Buccaneers. Um, but... Yeah, I yeah I think that Buccaneers Cowboys game is probably the game of the week for me. Mm. Um, I'm also intrigued at the Jaguars Chargers her versus her. Um, very excited for that one. Um, and then and Vikings Giants is you know pretty interesting. I just think I just think the other three games: Forty Nine Seahawks, Bills, Dolphins, Bengals, Ravens. I just think you know he's going to win them. Yeah, and it's a shame because the Bills Dolphins could be an amazing game, but of course, uh, no two are uh, right, right like they shouldn't be, rightly so. No two are in that game, um, which is unfortunate because the Dolphins could have put up a a really good fight with Tua at the helm. But I suppose we can give our predictions for all these games when we go through our playoff. Um, Brackets, our playoff brackets. So I just want a quick who you've got winning the games. We'll go, we'll start top right, lads. Uh, Bucks versus Cowboys. I've got Cowboys. I've got the Cowboys. I have the Buccaneers. Of course he has. Uh, Giants versus Vikings. I've got the Giants. I've got the Vikings. Mm -hmm. I've also got the Vikings. And then have we all got the 49ers? Yes. And I'm just going to hazard a guess that we've all got the Bills, we've all got the Bengals, and we've all got the Chargers. Yes. Correct. Correct, Amundo. So we can go from the left then. Now we'll have different brackets on the right. 
Chargers, Chiefs. I've got the Chiefs. Chiefs for me as well. Yep. Mm. Bengals, Bills. Oh, I've got the Bengals. I've got the Bengals. I've got the Bills. Okay, oh. so sh- Lou, that would make our AFC Championship game Bengals at Chiefs. I've got the Bengals. I've got the Chiefs. And Sharples, that would make you Bills, Chiefs. And I have the Chiefs going over the Bills. Okay. You've got the Chiefs. So so you've both got the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I've got the Bengals. Yeah. Other side. So I've got... We'll have to do this individually now. I've got the San Francisco 49ers beating the Cowboys in the divisional round and the Eagles beating the Giants. Then in the championship game, I've got the 49ers beating the Eagles with a Super Bowl of the Bengals versus 49ers. I'll hold off on my winner just for a moment. Lou, do you want to talk us through your bracket? Uh... So yeah, I've got the 49ers beating the Vikings and regrettably I've got the Eagles beating the Cowboys. Mm. Uh, NFC Championship game for me is going to be the 49ers versus the Eagles and I just think the 49ers take it, they take them. That would mean my Super Bowl is the Chiefs versus the 49ers. Okay, Sharples. Um, yep, so I have the Niners going over the Vikings and the Eagles beating the Buccaneers, which would then lead to Niners-Eagles. Um, I have the Niners going through, and my Super Bowl is also the Niners versus the Chiefs. Okay. So, lads, Sharples, who is going to win the Super Bowl? The San Francisco 49ers. Oh! Lou, who's going to win the Super Bowl? The Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. And I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl. Okay. So it's nice that we've got three different teams, though. Yeah. Very nice. Watch it be absolutely I think, none of them. I think the only thing we all agreed on was that the 49ers are going to get to the Super Bowl, which yeah. if you'd have said that at the start of the season, yeah. like, who'd, have, who'd have thought yeah. that? Halfway through the season. You I know. know. I mean, I'm, I'm still... I'm, I'm also, I'm of course, rooting for the Cowboys. I'm also sneakily rooting for that Bills-Eagles Um Super Bowl because I did put a bet on that being the Super Bowl before the season and it would be a hefty payout. <laughs> so, so I, I, uh, I, I, but yeah, obviously we want the Cowboys, but I, I think the Bengals go all the way. But I think that's going to do it. That's a nice final four, I think, all our Super Bowl picks yeah. into the playoffs. Thank you very much again for listening. Thank you very Sticking much. with us through these uh, 18 weeks, 19. This is, week, this is pod 19. Of the season now, yes. we'll be coming at you in the next month or so with our big, uh, quite long final episode where we give some really fun fantasy awards. So look a little bit forward to next season and just round everything up fantasy wise. Uh, but yes, thank you very much for listening. Enjoy Wildcard Weekend. Thank Goodbye. you very much. Goodbye. Thank you.